Welcome to the Far Aim Podcast. Today we are covering Advisory Circular 91-92. This is the Pilot's Guide to Pre-Flight Briefing. We've mentioned before the uh, the kind of overwhelming rule of uh, you have to know, I forget the actual FAR number, but you have to, pilot's responsible to know every aspect of flight and everyone's like, that's kind of ridiculous. Um, th- I believe this is in part kind of the FAA's way to give some guidance on what that actually means. Uh, it's quite a big, quite a big advisor. Well, not, I shouldn't say that. There's some big advisory circulars out there. It's 15 pages. We're not going to go through the, f- I don't know if we'll, how much we're going to cover. We're going to get in, we're going to start with at the very end, there's like a checklist, Appendix B, Sample Pre-Flight Checklist. So we're going to kind of bullet point this one because this is them kind of summarizing everything. So we're so going to try and summarize their summary. Yeah. Well, so they don't sum- have to read it. We're expanding upon their their summary, which I think is good. Okay. That makes sense. It, yeah, it does. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like that makes semi, yeah. Yeah. semi-sense. Sample pre-flight checklist B1, the outlook briefing elements more than six hours until departure. Check for reported or forecast meteorological or aeronautical conditions that might influence or alter the proposed flight. So this is, Scott, you do this typically. You're always getting like outlook briefings because you always know yeah. like six hours ahead of time. Always, at least, you know, like this yeah. is like a day maybe ahead of time. Right. But you're just super planning constantly, for that flight. Constantly planning, you know. Yeah. Probably so how at, do you... At least probably... I usually check the weather like before I walk out to the hangar, so it's pretty advanced. By looking at the sky, typically. Yes, yes. I might get out okay. my, my, you know, basic weather app. You know, AccuWeather. Uh, that's check, that's a check good Accu weather. You're usually, a good pilot. It's usually how I roll, but to be fair, yeah. I'm usually not going more than like you know ten miles away from the airport. So. And I was in that similar boat. Um, I'd rarely be planning flights that far in advance. Um, Lee, you would do this for your job more, wouldn't you? Like your current job? Because you'll you'll have a flight booked, you know, you'll have passengers and the flight booked days ahead of time sometimes, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So how are you How are you handling that versus at work How or like when you're flying pissed and stuff? Like we're not doing like, so they're saying Outlook briefing, you know, their Outlook standard and abbreviating like the type of briefings you can get from a briefer. I I suppose I don't know anybody who actually calls or gets into duots or anything that actually does any of these. Hey, can I get an Outlook briefing? You know, but we I think we probably all just check the elements that are that would be contained in an Outlook briefing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So this is. Very few people, I think, do this um, as far as the bullet points we're going to cover, but we'll go over it anyway. I get, the FA well, wants you. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I guess, the, I guess the thing is, like, when you think about it, this is, it seems to me like this checklist here, when, when, and you're going to go down the list here, these are things that would be covered on Outlook briefing that we are kind of self-briefing, which is the kind of the point of this whole advisory circular is building, you know, rounding out all of your self-briefing uh, items making sure you're catching everything so i mean I, once you go down the list i think we're catching all i think we're i think we're doing all these things we're just not doing it through like the 
the actual briefer. We're not calling 1-800-WX-BRIEF and getting an Outlook briefing. That's, I think, yeah. where we're on the same page. I Who think does this that is... Anymore? Do people still call? I, I would do it like once or twice with a student just to yeah. show them how it's done because you think it takes so long for them to get through stuff and you have probably a much more refined idea of the the quick grab information off the internet and you can be done in 10 minutes and it takes them 30 to get through all the information so don had us don had us get the outlook briefing for the um the solo cross countries i remember totally yeah i mean that's the perfect time to be doing it i guess we did that's the perfect time to be doing it because I think it's the only time I've ever done it. Yeah, I don't think I ever did it after that. That makes sense. I mean, that that's about when I would do it because there's so much coming at a new student. And and honestly, you're trying to get them, when you look at everything they need to learn by the time they solo or by the time they need their private pilot certificate, uh, they're going for their check ride. There's so much you need to get into them. Uh, doing it at any time before that, it's just more water coming out of the fire hose, I think. Don't spend that when you know you only have that person from, you know, like let's say 9 a.m. to 10.30. I don't want to spend, I, I wouldn't want to waste that time at that point. Like before solo cross countries, personally. Yeah, I, I feel like this is more like if you're doing a serious flight. Well, it depends. And this is when I was reading this earlier, that's a lot of the thing is, what are your personal limitations? What are the limitations on your airplane? Because the closer the closer the weather gets to the minimums for you or the airplane, whichever comes first, uh, whichever is a higher minimum, you need to do a much more fine tooth comb look at the information that's out there. But we can get into that. I mean, we can talk about that later. I, yeah. So this is we'll go through it. I feel be, like you just download for flight and just do it right there. Just check it. Yeah, but what if you find what if you find out mid flight though that the runway you needed was closed. Like that's not that's not on for convenient. Flight. No, Can't you look no, it, you're saying before you go fly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could probably do all of these items that are on this list from for right. flight. Yeah, yeah. But that's not. I don't know if that's saving you any work than having a desktop computer up and. Well, I guess. But I, I yeah, just so. the way I would do it. I don't know. Spencer on a uh, who we mentioned on a. Previous episode just went through his private. Congratulations again. He just put in the chat, he called before uh, his check ride. The DP was really impressed. He told me no one does that. So even on their check ride, it doesn't seem like people are doing this according to what Spencer just experienced. But yeah, um, weather advisories is, is the first check on your Outlook briefing you're supposed to do. So weather advisories, which is a segment, airment, convective segments, CWAs, and aviation watch notification messages. So Scott, you're really familiar with all this, like this, the difference between a segment and an airment, and the yeah. the convective segments and the CWAs. Yeah. Uh. So <laughs> the segments are they're the sig part of it, and then the the airments is the that's the air part of it. Yeah. And this. The CWAs, that's the CDUP, CWAS part. You know, I mean, it's basic uh, stuff. Everybody honest, knows. Yeah. Yeah, you have no idea. I, I honestly <laughs> have no idea either, so I'm not going to give you too much grief for well, it. Well, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Like, obviously, the segment is about the SIG part, the air yeah. is about the air. So, yeah. I know convective segment is something to do with thunderstorms. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah. even back in the day when I do this, I I get the briefing and I didn't know what they were called necessarily, but they would just lay it all out and they're talking about the weather, which I had a still have a basic understanding of. So you could get a briefing without knowing what that is. Couldn't you, Lee? Or are we just total amateurs? I would think you probably need to be armed with a little bit of information. If not, write down the buzzwords, look them up later, but then it's out of context. Like if they say, oh, there's a convective sigmet for your route of flight. You're like, okay, yeah. And you write down convective sigmet. And then you think like, oh, I'm going to look up what that is after we get off the phone. And I think you're going to lose kind of the, the fact that there's thunderstorms or whatever, something catastrophic along your route of flight. Well, I remembered if they said convective, it always meant thunderstorms. Yeah, well, for sure. Just, no, no, no. Why can't they just say thunderstorms? Well, because convective sigmet includes things other than thunderstorms is the issue. Oh, really? Yes. Like what? Are you baiting me? I'm th- that crazy look in your eye, that crazy We're look in your eye. We're getting some learning done here. <laughs> yeah. I we, thought that was just thunderstorms. We, we need to bring some kind of information. Well, I forgot. I I've, I've forgotten a lot of it, but not a lot of it, but some of it. Um, so convective cement can be issued when there are surface winds of 50 knots or greater, hail three quarters of an inch in diameter or greater. Um you have heavy or greater intensity precipitation affecting at least two-thirds of an area. I, th- I want to say 3,000 square miles or more, or 2,000 square miles or more. Um, a line of thunderstorms, embedded thunderstorms, things like that. So a lot of thunderstorm stuff. But, but, but and, and I, there, there's probably one more that I'm missing. But yeah, mostly thunderstorms. Don't forget the hail and the strong surface winds. So what's a regular sigmet then? Um, a sigmet is going to be like severe icing, severe turbulence, and um, oh, what do I want to say? The um, instead of saying like so under air mets to take it from the top, you have like Tango Zulu Sierra. Those are the three big air mets. So when you're listening on, if you're just flying, you're listening to ATC. Sometimes I'll say you know, these air mats or, or you're listening to flight watch or flight service, they'll say Tango Zulu Sierra are valid for this, this area, this period of time, whatever. So air met Tango is turb- moderate turbulence. Air met Zulu is moderate icing. And then um, air met Sierra is going to be like, well, I think, th- I think the kind of says VFR not recommended. I believe I'd have to look that up again, but I have zero resources in front of me. So I couldn't even do that. But then, so if you think, if you go from AirMet, so that's for light airplanes, so it's moderate levels of turbulence, icing, and obscuration to visibility, basically. Then when you go to SIGMET, it's just the next tier up. Everything's a severe turbulence, severe icing. And then I think they want to say like, you know, um, volcanic ash, mountain obscuration, things like that. Again, I, I would have, I wish I had resources in front of me to, to look into it exactly what, so basically what it would just be don't under fly that. if there's a SIGMET. If there's a SIGMAT, don't fly. Um, you're that's up to, and that's a kind of a question that used to be on the written test. You know, the the, the correlation between AirMet and SIGMAT, which one is pertinent to all operators or all aircraft, and that would be the SIGMAT. Where AirMet is really kind of things that, like when we go fly the Lear, doesn't even matter. Doesn't even don't need to look at them. If I see an AirMet, doesn't even matter. There's nothing under an AirMet's umbrella that would inhibit any of our types of operations sigmet it would so sigmets are are for all airplanes airliners everything 
And then convective segment is the things that I'd listed before. I probably forgot one. I probably modified one a little bit because I don't right, quite remember it, but that's the gist. They graduate in levels of intensity, basically. This is impressive because I know you just, I just threw that at you. I don't think you actually looked into that before this. Uh-uh. Offhand, you know CWAs? What is that? That's a center weather advisory. Okay. I don't even know what that looks like. If somebody slid that in front of me, I, I maybe, oh yeah, I've seen this before, but like offhand. Yeah. I, I, so not important. Nobody needs to know. I, I think that's going to be more of something that's going to come from the, so center, I, I believe that's meaning the air traffic control center. So that would be, so whatever under whose jurisdiction you're flying, Atlanta center, Cleveland center, Indianapolis center, um, they would issue this, and that's probably going to be more in the form of a broadcast announcement. Center weather advisory, such and such, is valid from this period to this period, and they'll kind of t- they'll give you a blurb. And then you can, of course, you're in flights, so you're not going to go look it up most time. I mean, a lot of airplanes have Wi-Fi now, but not all the ones I fly even have Wi-Fi. But if we have it, if you're so inclined, go look into it. Chances are those things didn't just pop up so you knew there was a weather system somewhere that that might impact your flight so it's nothing shocking unless you did like no pre-flight planning but i've I've never looked into it listen to what they say and like okay that isn't gonna apply to me and then keep going but if you got interested it doesn't do you much good because um you're in flight already so i mean doesn't do you much good after the fact you're already in flight who does no pre-flight planning? I don't think that exists. Um, the second check for this is, remember, this is more than six hours until departure. We're going down this checklist. So this is what the FAA in Advisory Circular 91-92 wants you to do for your preparing all aspects of flight, which Spencer pointed out 91.103. That does sound right. I'll just trust Spencer. And if he's wrong, if I'll edit this out. Uh, synopsis is the next one, which is the type, location, and movement of weather systems and or air masses. So this is what I think. When I think the synopsis, I remember when I was going through my old sporties videos for the uh, private pilot course that I took, like at home, home study course, uh, and they were going over this weather briefing thing. They had, they had to bring out this map. Like you're, you're going to have a blank map of the United States is what they inferred in this training course and then as you're talking to the briefer you're going to fill in where all the fronts are is what they showed how to to basically see the big picture which i don't think anybody ever did now you just on four flight it just shows you that overview in color where all the fronts are and everything did you ever actually draw did anyone email me if you ever drew out back in the day all the front systems. I just feel like nobody ever did that, even though it was taught in two different courses I saw back in the day prior to all the electronics where you can download. I certainly never did it. No. So how valuable is that to you as like a Learjet pilot, Lee? Well, I mean, knowing where like frontal systems are, that is such an outlook type concept, which I know is what we're covering, so it's perfect. But... That is such a, there's either weather in your way when you go to depart or not. If you start looking at it days ahead and, and the, the, the less capable the airplane is and maybe the less proficient or the higher your minimums are, meaning like 
they're more restrictive. That's going to make you want to plan, but that's also going to put you, I feel like, and I do this to myself because I'm crazy like this, but like, I'll be checking the weather days and days and days ahead. And we all know the weather, they don't really, I mean, they're pretty good, all things considered, but things change. So you can just drive yourself crazy watching that, that fronts every movement, you know? So like if you check it now, they're talking six hours. So that's a reasonable, you know, that's the night before you're leaving or early in the day before you leave. So that makes sense. But if you're days out, which is when I think you're really going to be looking, analyzing a frontal system, checking a frontal system six hours from when you're leaving, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. No. Well, I mean, yeah, but you've, you don't need to know what the, what the front is. You're looking at like what kind of, Buildups. What kind of thunderstorms are you going to have to deviate around? Or, you know, what does that do to your, if you go around, what does that do to your fuel and how much, you know, all these things. So watching a front four or five days before your proposed trip can be useful, but it's probably mostly just going to drive you nuts. You know what I mean? You're getting in the game and, and I, I appreciate you being ahead of it, but there's not really that much you can do about it unless you're just one of those people. I rather make up my mind way in advance you know, have my contingency plan that I'm going to drive or I'm going to airline where I'm going or whatever. If you're that kind of person, which I understand that can be, that can be useful to be checking that way in advance, but there's either thunderstorms in your way or there's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. On the day of. Yeah. Those you're not going to, because fronts don't necessarily mean there's going to be bad weather. It just means something's moving through there. Right. It's pushing bad weather out of the way or it's, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, if there's high pressure system, chances are it's probably going to be pushing. If there was bad weather, uh, it's probably going to be pushing it out of the way or something like that. I just, I, if you want to worry about the negatives, which is the reason we're checking the weathers for things that can delay or stop a flight from being conducted. I'm, I'm looking at thunderstorms and in the winter, you know, in a light airplane, you're worried about icing and stuff, but I don't get too, I would say don't get too wrapped up in it because it'll just drive you crazy. And there's nothing you can do about it unless you absolutely know I have to go. It's a business meeting or whatever is happening. Then do what's going to be a for sure bet to get you there and don't drive yourself nuts. I mean, it's great to go fly your Cirrus or whatever. I mean, that's why you bought it, but you want to get there and not go crazy in the process. Yeah, I took, um, I flew to work. So it's Kelly's Island back in the day. And I remember there's a lot of times I just drove my car on the ferry. Even though it was like a hundred dollars and it was like ten dollars to fly. Just it's like I need to get to work. That looks weird. I'm why not in the mood to deal with it. Why would you take your car? I I I only did that a few times. Yeah. Sometimes I like having my vehicle on there. If I did bring my car, I'd try to leave it on the island for days at a time. So it was like yeah. worth the hundred dollars of ferry. Yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. But yeah. A lot of I mean, times I just parked there and just ride. ride yeah, the ferry. You took the ferry is what you meant. You took the ferry. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anyways. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, take a car over there. That's waste. Yeah. Get a ferry, ferry riding to Kelly's Island's a little off topic from this. In uh, route yeah, and bit. destination forecast is the third on the outlook. Again, this is before, this is prior to six hours out. Six hours or more. We're still on that list. Mm-hmm. This is starting to seem excessive for so far out beyond your flight, but in route and destination forecast. The destination, I feel like, is a difference because you're focused on like the airport you're intending to land at. 
weather-wise. Mm-hmm. But the in route, I feel like this has been covered in the synopsis you looked at and the weather advisories by now, right? Yeah, I think it's I think it's covered. I mean, unless you kind of dialed it down and we're like looking at you're like, let's say you're conducting a VFR flight or, you know, a mostly VFR flight and you want to just look at kind of like your pilotage and dead reckoning stuff and checkpoints and like what weather is doing at specific airports like along your route. I don't think that's what they mean, but I think that is that is something that is probably useful from a contingency standpoint. Yeah. You know, if you're planning your route and you've kind of picked some good, some good solid like alternate airports, um, if anything were to come up mid flight, um, probably checking weather at those airports and having that kind of in your mind what the forecast is looking like for those airports, I think could be very valuable. I don't know if the, I don't know if that's what they mean here though. But yeah, it's it says forecast and next is yeah. no tam, so that's the like the fit, like actual airport stuff, which I immediately like when I see destination, I think of that stuff. No, well, oh, mine mine's different. Mine says in route and destination forecast, and then parentheses alternate if needed. Then the next bullet point down is notums. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm oh, looking at too. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, and then the alternative that's the IFR stuff. Um, well, no, no. As far I as mean, legal, as far as a legal perspective, you should have an alternate. Yeah, um, for most stuff, right? If if you're going someplace far, and that's I guess another thing too. Depending on you, like you know what type of operation you're going to conduct, so. Obviously, some things I, I tend to talk more like I'm talking to a VFR guy who's going to jump into 172 and go fly somewhere. Yeah. Um, maybe some of these things need to be tweaked. Some of the things I've said may need to be tweaked if you're conducting like a hardcore IFR flight. So I, I should have kind of maybe made that more clear earlier. I felt like everything I said was pretty geared towards a VFR flight because that's what I would do. Like, I don't want to go fly IFR for fun in a light single airplane. I just don't want to do that. So I kind of project that on my responses, I guess. Yeah. And then NOTAMs. We got Scott NOTAM Boris himself here. That's right. For checking the airport runway closures, air traffic delays, TFRs and stuff. So, I mean, I've, you know, the, the TFRs. You know, if the runway is closed because they, there's, there should be a big X on it. So. That's, that's your NOTAM? Yes. That's basically how you find out if the runway is closed. TFRs. Never used to check them. Went years without checking them. But now I do that. I just pull up skyvector.com real quick because I don't feel like don't feel like getting escorted by a fighter jet. Or something yeah. crazy happening. So so um, no tams. Wait, wait, wait. Oh yeah, no tams. Um, yeah, I've been. I don't really pay much attention to stuff like that. Uh, I I mean, it was always part of the briefing. So back when I used to call, if I was doing a flight that wasn't just over to Kelly's, I'd usually call. But four flight pretty much pumps those out to you now, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. I yeah, don't know. I think, this uh, is just a. Whenever we talk about this stuff, it's just an advertisement for four flight. They should be sponsoring us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, where do you, I don't know, where, where do you look up NOTAMs at these days? You'd go to, uh, what, 1-800-WX-BRIEF.com now, you can do it, right? 
So it's the one eight hundred number, and you just add a dot com if it's a web browser, and it's you can get all that info now. Just type FAA Notums in like your search bar. It'll come up. Ask so, Jeeves. So we do. Um, we use flightplan dot com to file everything and all our flight plans, and so you file your your flight plan, and then obviously save it all that good stuff but then once you're done with actually filing it or creating the flight but maybe not necessarily file it what it does though is it creates like a nav log they call it which it kind of just takes all the information for that route you know um some of the points that i made earlier like are you picking airports like for your en route weather are you picking airports and looking at the the forecast for that airport as like a diversion airport or a just in case airport along the route um, or, you know, potential fuel stops, you know, if it's going to be tight getting to your final destination, it kind of takes all a lot of those aspects and condenses it into, I don't want to say it's manageable because there's still a lot of information thrown at you, but um, it'll give you, you know, your fuel burn, waypoints, weather at the waypoints, weather your destination, and in there, um, uh, it'll give you all the notums. So, what is this? Uh, this is flightplan.com. Is it free? Uh, yeah. Gar- Garmin just oh. bought it, I think, like last year. I mean, I don't know. It's more work than it's worth for you, probably, to get the notums. Yeah. Four flight is probably the best way because you can just say, "Oh, I'm going to Kelly." But four flight's not nine. four flight's not free though. I pay for that. But you're already doing Scott it. Scott likes free. Yeah, but you're already doing no, it. I Fl- flight. Plan- no, I, I, I don't. I only pay for it if I'm going to go somewhere. So, so that's like, when you'd be checking ex- notums as well. So that seems. Well, I guess, yeah. Yeah, but I don't. I don't have it. I don't have four flight right now. Yes. Well, yeah. You'll buy one year's worth once right. you have a reason uh, to use it. Yeah, and then, like last time I bought it was when you and I flew to Indiana. Yeah, and that was I, I edit the episodes, what? so like I've heard you say this like seventeen thousand times. Whatever. Anyways, probably drinking <laughs> other times. Yeah, I'm sure. The on uh, four flight, I mean, it's it's condensed. It's all there. So you just put in your, you know, eight nine delta. If you're going to Kelly's and you're worried about maybe the runway is closed, you know, whatever. But see, for you, like it disrupts your plan a little bit. I just not I just land on it anyway. Well, you could do that, or you could just turn around and go home. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not like yeah. you flew fifteen hundred miles, you know, and you're like, oh, and you yeah. didn't pick an alternate, and you're out in the ocean or something. Well, right. there's that. Yeah. Yeah, or your, you know, the runway you needed, like it's got two runways. The long one that you needed is notumed closed, and you don't figure that out till you're there. And then you got paying passengers on board, and you gotta divert to another airport. That would really suck. It reminds you me know. of Cochran's story about flying the Caribbean. What I don't know, if, I don't know, I don't know if you guys ever listened to that episode. Probly not. I don't know. Anyway, and flight I was plan drinking. When you're- so. Going out to the islands. Yeah. Um, okay, that was that was pre-six hours until departure, according to this sample pre-flight checklist. So I think I've done that once. I've I've looked into it, which I feel like this is more a professional thing because if you're just flying for fun and you're not trying to get anywhere, which is majority of Scott and I's flying, you're not you're not looking that far in the future of your of your flight career. You know what I mean? Yeah, one thing that's that's kind of come to like I've thought a lot about it, you know, like what I see myself using an airplane for in the future and whatever. And something that's come to my attention is like 
I, I'd like to think that I'll, you know, I'll have the Super Cub and low and slow and I won't have any, I don't, won't need to be anywhere by any specific time. But then like the more I've thought about it, it's like, you know, I'm always going to be under a time constraint. So I understand what you're saying. And maybe, maybe it's true for you guys, but like even me is like lax and who cares when we get their mentality. I think I'll have, I'll always be, we need to check into the hotel or we need to be at this, you know, um, right place before sunset or before or after, you know, whatever there's, but we got to beat the weather in, you know, I only have two weeks of vacation. So we have to make these, we have to do these things. We have to keep to a certain schedule. It may be a pretty lax schedule, yeah. But do you really, truly ever get around like having the a little bit of get there-itis? You never get anywhere. It's 150 life. So that's the 150 life. What do you mean? I mean, typically you're just flying it to Cali's. Then you just take the ferry if you can't go. Right. Right, 100%. Unless you're doing cross-country stuff, then, you know. Which is I, arguably, I think, what most... If you're staying in the pattern or, you know, you're just out, you know, doing takeoffs and landings, doing laps in the pattern, um, or, you know, going to... We're, we're fortunate because some of these places, these kind of hot commodity places we're going are like hop, skip, and a jump. Most people don't have that, you know. That is true. You know, we think about... We gotta think about the masses when we talk about this stuff. Yeah, people can't perceive, you know, kind of what we're talking. The destination that we want is is inaccessible or difficult to get to because it's an island, but it's not a far away island. It's hard for I think for a lot of people to understand, you know, maybe or not to understand, but for them to like recognize, like they're, if they're going to go somewhere, it's twenty, thirty, fifty, one hundred and fifty miles away. You're talking about an island that's. The only reason you're taking an airplane is because it is an island. Yep. Like Scott and I, we're going to fly at one point, the 150s down to Florida. We never ended up doing it. No. But in that situation, I probably would have been looking at the weather. Yeah. Like days yeah. in advance. And oh, really yeah. trying to study it and, you know, figuring yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The, the, the lower capability the airplane is, and I'm not knocking the 150. But all the better G- not be knocking the 150. <laughs> all the GA airplanes are all pretty well lumped together for the most part. You know, they're limited capability. Yeah, Cirrus can go faster, but it can't go that much higher. So you're still, you know, there's still a lot of constraints on them. So the closer you get to the operational capability, the absolute limit of the airplane, unless you are a strong, you know, strong in the left seat, you're very proficient. And you have the time in the seat, you know, you can make up, I don't want to say make up the shortcomings of the airplane, but you can bridge the gap a little bit. You can look at some weather and be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm I got 10,000 hours in this airplane and I've shot in six instrument approaches to minimums this month. I can, that's no problem if the weather, if it's hazy, you know what I mean? But hey, this is the second time I've flown this airplane since, you know, this time last year. Obviously, your minimums need to be much higher and much more conservative. So the closer you get to those high minimum thresholds, the much more deeper a look you're going to need to look at, at the, you know, the weather and notums to make sure it's safe for, for you, you know, at, at being, you know, maybe less than perfectly proficient, you know. I think that's, I think that's a huge, huge thing that can't really be uh, overstated. I guess. So the standard briefing, okay, we f- 
we finally got closer to the flight than the six hours. Uh, the standard briefing would be the next one. This is this is what I always got was the standard briefing, and that's covering adverse conditions. So you could do this one eight hundred WX brief. You could go to 1-800-WX-BRIEF.COM now is the online version that's free. Four Flight does this. Highly recommended, even though they don't sponsor the show. <clears throat> Adverse conditions is the first one on the checklist. Weather advisories, low-level wind shear, thunderstorms, icing, and frontal zones. So this is, again, kind of like your segment airmen, I feel like, a little bit. Or maybe not. Maybe this is more like, because we're closer, we're less than six hours out now to to the flight of what you should be looking looking up or getting from a weather briefer. So you're looking for weather advisories, low-level wind shear, thunderstorms, icing, and frontal zones. I feel like that's pretty... Like you got the frontal zones. Uh-huh. That's the zones we talked about. What do they call them higher up? Uh, the uh, da, 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 synopsis. Air masses. Yeah. Weather systems and or air masses. Yeah, this is this place, it's air masses, I feel like. Low-level wind shear. You're not going to know that more than six hours out, so they throw that in here. It's some overlap with, with the Outlook briefing, I feel like. Because this is the most beefiest briefing you can get is the standard briefing. Mm-hmm. The Outlook is kind of like, eh, it's probably what it's going to do, but you know, there's not a lot of detail. And mm-hmm. then after this is the abbreviated briefing, which is like a summary, I feel like. Right. Yeah. You've already, it's a supplement, a previous briefing you've already gotten. Yeah. The abbreviated is. It's like low-level wind shear, that's bad. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's, how long-lasting is that, though? Well, so whenever a, whenever a front's kind of pushing through, I mean, when you have temperature inversions, thunderstorms nearby, um, I'd heard uh, a long time ago, and I thought, I thought I saw a trend of it being true, but I don't know that that's really true. The further away the dew point spread is, the more likely to have wind shear. Which I have not done any real statistical, but it's something to be it's maybe put put. Put on the back burner and think about that a little bit. When you ever see really far apart temperature dew point spreads, maybe, maybe be thinking about that. But I've not done any empirical studies to uh, to back that up. It's just something I had heard a long time ago. But yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wind shear. Um, yeah, looking, looking. It, it, you know, it's going to be around the frontal systems for the most part. So, and then the weather advisories. That's like an advisory that. The briefer would tell you about, or if you pull it for flight, it's going to be like usually a red or a yellow thing over the map, isn't it? Yeah, that's going to be your air mat segments, convective segments, the web, yeah. those advisories, center weather advisories. Yeah, so it's the same same stuff as above, you know, for the outlook, just different wording. But uh, it, but and also you you hit it before though. It's also a more refined idea of what's going to happen because now you're inside a more critical window of can we make this flight happen? We have a much better idea of what the conditions are going to be. Still not perfect but a much better idea. So they're throwing in a few more things. Like you said, low level wind shear. You can't really predict that kind of stuff until you're much closer to your, to your window. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to start throwing in more things. They're going to be more, you know, time, time sensitive, uh, closer to your estimated time of departure. Okay. And the next one is synopsis. What does that mean? Like, is that, that's just a general overview again, right? Yeah. I don't know why it's its own bullet point. Yeah, it's that but, doesn't make any sense to me. But there is a there is a a portion of some it used to be part of a briefer thing. You used to call it just a synopsis, the general overview, like you know, 
basically recommending you don't do the flight or recommending you do. I can't quite remember, but I noticed like up here, if you look at the, the just under the outlook, it's saying synopsis, type, location, movements of, of weather systems and or air masses. So maybe in that context, they're saying not necessarily an overview of the flight, but an overview of the larger weather patterns is probably, I would have been looking at it as like the synopsis of my flight. I think they're talking about it in terms of synopsis of the big picture weather patterns in the country. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that until like just now. But Yeah, it is up there with the the quote. So it's probably the same for here. Uh, Current weather. uh, Again, I feel like that's kind of. Yeah, just look outside. Yeah, but you can't look outside of your destination though. So well, that's true. Unless they have a, unless they have like a webcam or something. The next one up. is in route destination and alternate forecast. So right, okay, sure. So I'll go with that. So that would yeah. cover what my point was. Yeah. So looking okay. for current weather, and then your in route destination alternate forecast. Oh no 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 current current weather, and then the next one is all about forecasts. So what's the current yeah. weather at where you're going, and then because think about this, if you're going somewhere let's say that is within one hour's flying time and you look up METARs and TAFs. Well, how long is a METAR good for? You guys know? Hour? An hour. So if you're going somewhere and you're going to land there within an hour, that METAR, and not necessarily, it's not controlling. You hear those types of words, but it's not controlling but when you read um, what it says, you need to consider the current weather and forecasts and all the elements. You know, METAR can be not con- again not controlling, but it can definitely be part of your decision making process. Okay, the forecast said it was going to get bad, but right now it's good, and it's going to take me less than an hour to get there. You know, maybe I'm going to wing it and give it a shot. You know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? Yeah. So that that's why. Um, that's why they divvy it up, the two different checks. It, I mean, it could be. Most time you're looking at the TAF, the Terminal Aerodrome Forecast, because that's good for 24 hours to 30 hours or so and kind of gives you by by time, time stamp, what you can expect. But if you're going somewhere, yeah, you want to look at the, the, the TAF, but also the METAR can give you a really good idea of what's going on at your destination if the flight's less than an hour. Just something to consider. Most time not pertinent because you're probably, if you're going to fly less than an hour, you're probably not checking the weather this and getting this in depth, really, honestly. But something to think about. You know, know, long distances in a 150 in an hour. Um, Winds aloft is the next one. Mm -hmm. That is, I mean, we've talked about this before as far as planning and stuff. If you're going a long distance. Yeah. Lee's a big advocate on flying higher. Scott's a big advocate on not, for lack of a, another word. Right. I mean, if you're going somewhere far, I guess it makes sense if you you know if you're gonna catch a tailwind or something. But and that's the only time I'd go. Yeah. I wouldn't go climb yeah. high to get into a stiffer headwind. You know, so right. if, like if you're going west in the winter, typically lower the better. You know, but. You know, if, if it's summer and, you know, just look at what the winds aloft are doing, it might be super beneficial. You know, there's a break even. You can figure out, just open, not that anybody's going to do this, but you could open up your POH and find out what the break even headwind. If I gain three knots of headwind per thousand feet, 
I'm losing. But if I gain one knot, which most people would say, no go. But you may have gained more true airspeed than the one knot of headwind. You know, if you gain like two, you gain like two and a half percent true airspeed per 1,000 feet you climb. So if you can, if that equates to two, three knots, and you're only gaining one knot per 1,000 feet, it's a net gain to still go higher. Only you know, only you know that. I mean, like you'd have to get into the books and, and come up with that, with what the break even is. But it, it can be done simply, relatively simply, just for grins. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not always like just go high, just to go high. I think most time the advantages are in your favor, unless you're going west in the winter. You'd have to go Lee Griffin on the books. Yeah, we've hashed that out a lot. Uh, no Tams and TFRs and Pyreps. Mm. So we've covered No Tams, we've covered TFRs, mm-hmm. Pyreps. I mean, it's. Have you guys ever issued a Pyrep? I have. I, I assume it has something to do with like pirates or something. Yeah. It's the pirate. It's the pirate yeah. notice for weather. Yeah. It's the, yeah. It's like it's pirate weather out up, there. It's been been uh, sky pirates put it over here. You know. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea no, what it means. Is, I, oh my god. Oh no. It's, you know, it's pirate. You know what? You know what a pirate pirate yeah, is yeah, though, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 It's a pilot report. Yeah. Now I know. Yeah. Okay, I, good. When I first read it, I was like, what the hell? Thank the Lord. I don't, I don't I didn't remember what it was for a minute. Yeah. I've never used them. I mean, you think I've ever functionally used a pirate before? No. You've never flown anywhere where there would be one issued that would exactly. be pertinent to you. Yeah. 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 Scott, you should issue a pirate for 88 Delta every time you go flying. Just <laughs> because. Yeah. Just to put it in the system. <laughs> but then you just have to ATC. So he would, oh, but yeah. it'd be a, I think it'd be a good it'd be a good way to talk to ATC though. I don't Yeah. It's, it'd be the same yeah. thing every time. You're controlling the conversation, and then the only time you ever fly is when the weather's beautiful, so that it'd just be official <laughs> logs the, in the system a, of Scott Boris issuing beautiful weather over A. Beautiful Delta. weather, pirate. Yep. Yep. I think it'd just be the It'd just be a nostalgic thing to have in the weather system. Just we can talk about it on the show. The viewers can go, the listeners can go, you know, see the pie rep. I just think it's, it'd just be good stuff. Print it out, get it framed. That was yeah. me. That was, that was Scott. That's right. C 150 over 88 Delta. Yep. Yep. Beautiful weather, zero wind, unlimited visibility, <laughs> negative those are, turbulence. Those are yeah. on the, aren't those on the record for like, forever i don't know i mean how long does it need to be on the record for you to get a screenshot or print it out oh well i guess they're Uh, probably no they're probably only like like in the i'm sure they're archived because they have to go back like if there's an accident they have to go back and be like well you know you shot this approach and the ceiling was 100 feet you need 200 feet so you know what were you doing or whatever they they probably have to they probably have to archive stuff. And when the weather is really bad, we're constantly getting, hey, you know, can you get a, give us a base report or a tops report or all that? So when it's when it's bad and close, because everybody's asking, you know, that the they're just starting the approach to get clear for the approach. Uh, you know, there was a a seven thirty seven, you know, f- five miles ahead of you reported bases at three hundred. 
And so that they always want to continue because that is the not foolproof, but that is going to be pretty close to the most accurate thing you can do because it's somebody's actual observations. The only, you know, obviously it's a point in time, so it's not perfect, but it it's better than a guess or a forecast. Somebody actually experienced and saw these conditions. Kind of one of the biggest limiting things, because obviously I'm guilty of it, is you have to guesstimate sometimes. I'm in the middle of shooting an approach. I'm not looking exactly at the altimeter to see exactly what altitude we broke out at. Guess close, but, or, you know, get it pretty close within 100 feet, but, I mean, that 100 feet matters. But, yeah, it's something, somebody actually experienced it. So, typically, I, I would I would weigh those heavily in a decision-making process if you had one available to you. I'll pirate. Yeah, I just, I, I've always been pretty much a fair-weather fo- flyer, so... Right. People typically don't do pyreps when it's nice weather out, I feel like. Well, and also they're, they're not the, – the people that would issue a pyrep that would be pertinent to you, they're not issuing one. They're not talking to ATC for no reason. And ATC is not – sometimes a pyrep will get issued kind of almost involuntarily by the pilot. ATC will ask, hey, how's your ride? Hey, can you tell me what the winds are? Can you tell me what the temperature is? Things like that. They can ask you those, and that gets generated into a PIREP. Yeah. So, ATC isn't calling up a 172 at 5,000 feet. and uh, Not necessarily. You know, as, you know, down in South Florida, they probably are. But for the most part, you know. Yeah. The next one is P-40 Camp David and P-56 Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. SFA or SFRA, if applicable. That's those, just the hot spots around Washington, D.C., right? The prohibited. Well, there's the SFRA is the big one, the 60-mile one around yeah. um, D.C. For the, you know, you need special flight, special awareness flight training or something, they call it. And then the P-56, those that's, yeah, Camp David and the uh, basically the White House areas right by uh, Reagan, uh, D.C.A. Okay. airport. Those are prohibited areas, so prohibited means can't go there at all. It's not restricted; it's prohibited. You can tell that this was this was written in Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah. Why? That they that they would put this in a in their sample checklist to make sure that the prohibited areas in their area are on the advisory circular. It's just I don't know. That it's just so self centered. Right. Yeah, like, like first of all, just don't fly vast, in the DC. Yeah, that's why would a, anybody, want, a good why would anybody want to? Why would anybody want to go there? I I don't know why that irks me so much that they would they would put those two spots in into the checklist that everyone nationwide reads. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> the last one is ATC delays in the standard briefing. This is how often does this. How often do you have ATC delays? Because let's be honest, Scott and I don't. I know we've never had ATC delays because we just don't deal with it. It depends on where you're going. Um, I um, I have not had any in. I don't know a couple of years, but when you're going to busier airports, uh, you know, obviously New York, Boston, Chicago, when you're getting your clearance. That's one of the things that's part of your blurb. Any any flow into any flow into DC, any flow into New York. That's just like when you're reading back your clearance. 
how they are going to know it. I mean, they're probably always going to tell you there's a delay going into New York would be my guess. Yeah. Would be my guess under the standard briefing. I would think that they're probably almost always going to tell you that, that there is a delay, whether there is or, or isn't. And then when you get your clearance is when you'll have the real idea whether you will or won't. Because every time I file, like, and what, like I was talking about flightplan.com, it tells you, you know, estimated departure clearance times are in effect. And then, your route is not affected at this time. That's like 99.999% of the time. So, okay. And if you're doing a VFR flight, not gonna, you're going to take off VFR. They can't tell you to land, really. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you may expect delays, yes, but like when you're IFR, they can stop you from taking off. You, you know, you got to do a ground stop, ground hold, whatever you want to call it. Um, so they are preventing saturation of the airspace around. They don't want you to, because yeah, you could technically take off. Like, let's say you're taking off out of an uncontrolled field, but you're going to do an IFR flight. You're like, oh, I'm going to just blast off, pick up my IFR in the air and then go, you know, that way I, you know, I get there. They can't tell me not to take off if I don't ask them. So you take off, you get your IFR clearance in the air. You're still going to have to go and hold. So you're still in their airspace. You're still saturating, you know, the air traffic control, you know, their workload and stuff. So that's when they're trying to prevent. So if you're at a, you know, a bigger airport that, you know, where you're not going to take off VFR, you have to take off IFR. If you're conducting an IFR flight, they'll just have, they'll just do a ground stop and hold you on the ground. So you don't just go and then hold, you know, obviously yeah. that's not efficient for you because you're putting time in the airplane engines, burning gas. You don't want to do that. But some people are like, you know, the time frame is the most important thing you know, go and like airliners, you know, you want to get off the gate on time, right? So, you know, you push, you get off the gate. If they don't give you a hold, a, a ground hold or a ground stop and you take off and you go hold there, it doesn't matter. You pushed on time. So, the you know, the airlines don't care about that as much. They want you to get there as soon as possible. But for us, you know, GA, whatever, it matters to let's just not burn the gas and stuff. Yeah. I guess ATC delays, it's, the ones that are in the system are the only ones that are going to pop up on this standard briefing. It's not in the system for to be a part of the briefing. It's just going to be stuff you encounter, you know, out in the wild. Am I reading too much into that? Stay away from ATC anyway. I just wouldn't, wouldn't go in there anyway. Well, no, run. run can Good you repack that for me a little bit? Because that may be that. I think you were onto a very important point, perhaps, Rob. Other than the assumption you're flying in the northeast uh-huh. um atc delays you're gonna have atc delays it's not necessarily you know stuff going on in the airport like it's gonna be known delays that are put into the system so like it's popping up on four flight if you were to go to 1-800-wxbrief.com or call them it's gonna be there right i i believe it will and i think they'll probably pretty much almost always tell you that there's going to be yeah. Or to expect delays or something like that. You won't know for sure until you get your clearance. If we're talking about an IFR flight, if it's a VFR flight and you're like, let's, let's say you're, you're crazy. And I almost have dreams of doing this just because I would be comfortable doing it. It's taking a super cub like into LaGuardia just because I can like, it'd be fun to me. Like that'd be a hoot. Like I'm flying one of the slowest airplanes known to man into one of the busiest airports in the world, right? Probably, and probably piss a lot of people off. 
Oh, I would, and I think it'd be I think it'd be a blast. I think it'd be a blast to aggravate everybody. What are they going to say? No, you can't land here. No, they got to let me in, and it might take a minute because they have to sequence me in between jets moving much faster. But what um if you're st- what I was getting at is if you're taking and you're making a hundred one hundred percent VFR flight from like for us Cleveland to LaGuardia in a Super Cup, it's VFR takeoff to touchdown. Well, they can hold everybody else. I don't know why. I mean, it would have to be a runway is closed or something like that that they would make people be holding anyways. If it's a VFR day, there shouldn't be anything really slowing things up. So I, I guess my boil that all down. I guess my point is I don't. You'd have to be very specific in your scenario for it to really make sense and have this be accurate. I don't. I think they're going to tell you there's always going to be a delay or expect a delay. You won't know till you get your clearance. If it's a VFR, you won't know till you get there, and you're not taking a Super Cub in the LaGuardia, I'm pretty sure. So, where are you going? If you're going to New York, VFR, where are you going that there's going to be an ATC delay that is going to affect you? You know what I mean? You can you get flight following, you can do those things, but if flight following... Unless you are need you unless you are going into an airport where you have to transit the the class Bravo and they say remain clear of the class Bravo or they can't give you flight following just remain clear of the class Bravo. And are you going to a class Bravo airport? If you are, they have to let you in. You know what I mean? I mean, basically, I mean they can they can tell you outside if they are too busy. They can tell you to hold somewhere, even if you're VFR. You know, if that's your destination airport, you have to have contact with them. But we have to paint a very specific scenario for that to make sense in like the VFR realm. So I think that's more of an IFR thing. And I think you're going to find out when you get your clearance. Yeah. That's more than I ever have dealt with ATC delays. Yeah. But it's not a big deal. Like, like you read back sense. your clearance and at the very end, uh, They'll say, you know, read back correct, hopefully, unless you're like me and you screw it up most of the time. They'll say read back correct, and then you, you just go, any flows into uh, LaGuardia today? Nope, no flows. Or whatever, or Chicago okay. today. Yeah, it's it's just kind of make it be, they'll say, you know, so-and-so, read back correct, and then, you know, you know, you'll say, okay, you know, have a good one or whatever. And instead of that, you just be like, any flows? You know, you just got to think about where you're going. and um rarely are you going to encounter flow um maybe for the airliners maybe for the airliners it's more important um because i i most of the flows that i've ever encountered i actually almost 100 percent of them very close to 100 percent of them were at the airlines and i don't know why that is because we're going to the same a lot of the same very busy airspaces so I, i i don't have an answer for that but it could come up but if you're doing vfr you know, you're not going to LaGuardia or JFK for the most part. So yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect it. It could be the center can still have a you know center saturation, airspace saturation. You know, if the weather's bad, they have in trail spacing and stuff they need to they need to have figured out and spacing on the approaches and arrivals. Um so it can come up, but I they're gonna tell they're just gonna tell you to expect delays. You won't find out until you get your clearance. All right. On the last part. Of what will become the third multi-part series we have not finished yet on the podcast is the abbreviated briefing elements. This is the update on changes up to two hours prior to flight. Now, before we kick off these last two check marks, 
I n- I've never gotten an abbreviated briefing. I've always gotten a standard briefing about five to ten minutes before the flight. So, yeah. I, the, so, assuming you get the standard briefing more than two hours and then get an abbreviated briefing afterwards, is that how that is supposed to work? Yeah. Anything inside six is the standard. Or, or you can wait until you get to two hours, just do the standard. You know what I mean? That Yeah, I, I waited until five, ten minutes before the flight. I don't think I've ever gotten a weather briefing more than an hour out. I mean, you got to be studious, right? You got to be really studious and really worried about it, which is what I was saying before. Just don't drive yourself nuts over this stuff, you know? Have an idea of the, the you know, convective activity that's happening potentially around your route of flight and have your contingency plans, you know, if it's not looking doable. Don't be looking at this stuff like days and days ahead of time, I don't think. Yeah. And there's only two check marks for this section before we wrap this first part up is check updates to adverse conditions report reported or forecast along the road of flight and then check for any changes in meteorological and aeronautical conditions. So this is just, they can see, is this how this works? They can see the briefing you've gotten already in the system and they're pulling, pulling it back up and giving you any changes or, or they're just assuming the time you got the briefing before, what would, what has changed since then going off that? Well, I believe if you're talking, if you're getting an outlook briefing through a briefer, standard briefing through a briefer, and an abbreviated briefing through a briefer, I believe yes. Because the last I knew, the last time I actually used like flight service and was getting briefings, like you were building, like you had to almost build a profile with them and tell them the end number of the plane and all these things. So I think they could track it a little bit better. But like I think what they're building here is cover the information that you would have gotten in a briefing. Find it however you want. That's my takeaway on this. That's what I think this is about. It's a sample pre-flight checklist. Hit these if you're if you're more than six hours. Hit these items. If you're less more than you know less than six, and do your standard. Hit these items. Go a little bit more in depth. We have a better idea what's going to be happening. Uh, because we are close to your timeline and then the abbreviated just do right before you're, you know, like when Scott's walking out to the plane, try to check these things. Just get yourself back in the, make sure nothing's really changed is kind of the bottom line. Or if there's elements that may not even be, you know, populated until you're that close, um, do, do a double check or another quick, you know, breeze through. Um, I think, dep- and again, the less capable the airplane and the less proficient the pilot the more thorough I think these briefings need to be because there's more, you're more likely to be up against kind of the threshold of your skill or the airplane's capability. You know, in the Lear, we can fly high. So stuff in route, not a big deal. We either go around it or we can get above it. So it's not, not the end of the world there. I don't want to sound lazy on that. I'm just saying that the airliners, most jets, same concept in route weather is nice to have an idea of what's going on, but you don't need to know every little detail um, for the fifteen hundred mile trip you're doing. So it, it just it depends on what your mission is, what you're flying, what your operation is. Um, I think like I'm looking at this abbreviated check updates to adverse conditions. That's honestly this one. This last one is probably doesn't that sum? I mean that sums up what the other ones are. Just don't instead of saying instead of saying check updates or check for any changes, you can just put your finger over that. I'm doing it now. 
So just read adverse conditions, reporter or forecast along the route of flight. Okay, check, which covers a lot of things. The other ones are bolt pointed nicely to keep you, you know, so you can check the boxes or uh, meteorological and aeronautical conditions. That's what I do when I do pre-flight planning. I just do adverse conditions, reporter or forecast along the route of flight. I do my destination alternates, all that stuff too, which I'm grouping under there. And then uh, meteorological and aeronautical conditions. So that's your, no, meteorological and notums basically. So, I mean, that, that it, 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 yes, the bullet points, there's less of them and it simplifies it. But if you, if you, instead of saying check updates, there's a lot of stuff you need to probably peruse back over. Yeah. And that, I like and that. The- I like the abbreviated. And I take that back. I have gotten abbreviated uh, briefings in the past. Mm-hmm. They weren't like this. I would just call them up and ask if there's any TFRs around the Lake Area Islands. And if there's no TFRs, I would just say, okay, that's all I needed. Because I could see that the weather was perfect. And I was just worried about busting TFRs. So I actually have gotten abbreviated briefings before. Yeah, TFRs are no joke. That's something where, like when I go fly, you know, and I've only flown once in like the last year and a half, um, you know, GA stuff. That's one thing like, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep. Whether you encounter, you can always turn around. You bust the TFR, yeah, turn around, but you still busted it. So, yeah, yeah, TFRs are a big deal and it's not a joke anymore because the TSA enforces them, not the FAA. The FAA give you a slap on the wrist. TSA, yep. you know, they want to make an example out of you. So, yep. They're just doing their job. But yeah, they want to make an example, I think. All right. The, um, there are non weather related checklist items, which we'll have to wait for another day. We're going to have the third, uh, multi part series going on right now on the Farming Podcast that we have not completed yet. It's, uh, you know, maybe attention deficit disorder. Who knows, uh, what is causing all this? But we got the Ryan Eckel. Uh, multi-part series, which is just difficult because it's hard to get three of us on board at the same time, let alone four. And then we got the the Lee Griffin, the checklist he used to use before he sent students on private pilot check rides. Yeah, check ride did checklist. You, yeah, wow. Did you? About that. Yeah, did you ever get the tenth email? We said. Oh, I think so. Okay, we should we should continue that series then. I was not aware of that. Get do part three of that, and then we'll have part two of this at some point. To uh, do the non-weather stuff, which is, I don't know, I feel like is more exciting to me, but maybe it's just me, not a big weather guy. Yeah, weather uh, is boring, so it's good, it's almost good that we're covering it. Like, I mean, out of the way. Yeah, well, not getting. Yeah, I mean, I guess a little bit. We'll just now we'll do the non-weather stuff next time. You know, maybe have this guest on like Cochran pounds some liquor or something. Scott's yeah, been pretty mild nice. tonight. Well, uh, it's weeknight. We'll make part two wild, can't, you know? Can't have too many beers on a weeknight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Mr. Boris, I in the group text, I sent you a uh, another five-star written review. Because whenever oh, you read oh. the reviews... Uh, hold on here. Yeah, whenever you read the reviews, we always get a bunch of more people reading or leaving more five-star reviews. So I want to have you always read those now. It's just better that five way. Five stars. Three... Far out dudes that aim high. Nice. I like it. Great listening episodes on my way to and from work. Student pilot myself and enjoy Rob leading, Lee's expertise instruction, and Scott's incoherent renderings. Rend- oh, <laughs> rend- renditions. <laughs> I, okay, Case I think, in point. I think, 
I think I think he mixed up me and Lee, but anyway, uh, that's fine. I yeah, he just got the. Na- that, I think he just got the- how that worked. I think he just got the name confused, but that's cool. Okay, right. <laughs> keep them coming, fellows, all the way to RVS country. RVS, oh, RVS is that an airport code? I'm wondering. Maybe RVS. I'm looking yeah. it up right now. Okay, RVS airport. I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know. All right, that looks like Tulsa, Oklahoma, I believe. Um, was, uh, did they, did they have a username, Scott, on the Apple Podcast? That was Apple uh, Podcast, right? Yeah. J. Ramsey. J. Ramsey W. Okay. <laughs> J. Ram- I don't know. Uh, thanks for the five-star written review. We love those. Uh, email is our preferred method of communication. My email is F-A-R-A-I-M at robertberger.com. Burger spelled B-E-R-G-E-R, the German way, not the sandwich way. Mr. Griffin is F-A-R-A-I-M at leegriffing.com, G-R-I-F-F-I-N-G. And Mr. Boris, who you can read it. Um, we got it, someone in the in the uh, chat said Scott nailed it. Yes, he did. Uh, Scott yeah, is Mr. Nail it himself. Uh, F-A-R-A-I-M at scottboris.com, B-O-R-E-S. And uh, this wraps up part one. If you have not been in the, this was live streamed on YouTube. If you did not make the YouTube, one, I apologize if you got the emails. It looked like some people may have gotten the emails in reverse. I sent one out earlier and to say that we're probably going to do it. And it only went to 30% of my list. And then I sent out the one where we're actually live with the link and then it um that went out to everybody so it got kind of screwy i gotta contact them see what's going on uh but yeah robertberger.com b-e-r-g-e-r uh backslash live uh link will be in the uh show description uh that's the email list to get on to know when we're going to be doing this when when the email system works which it was acting weird today but normally it works and then this is how you know where where we're live streaming we bounce around different places to check that list out and uh yeah thank you for listening and that uh, that's a wrap on uh, part one of the uh let's see how many series we can unfinished series we can get going oh man i like that challenge we're you know doing really mean? good. Yeah, yep. we, get a lot like, of we can get like we're 30, or, 30 or 40 yeah. like unfinished even, multi-part series, you know? I won't yeah. even remember what's be going good. on. But yeah, yeah. it'll work. I think that's a great idea. Thank you for listening. Right. I will cut it off when I edit it. Um, chat's been pretty quiet, so. Yeah, been very quiet. I think everybody's just taking it all in. Yeah, There's so much knowledge transferred. Because the, yeah, the email got messed up. The email got yeah. messed up, so it was... Um, I don't, it wasn't a lot of notice, I don't think so. That could be it. Well, thank yeah. you guys for hanging in there and sticking in the chat. You know, thank you. It's all good. Yeah, no, we, yeah. we see that you're in there. Time. So yeah. Wait, we gotta. We all gotta have like a spot where we all say goodbye, so that I can cut it there, and Bye. then we can keep talking after that. Goodbye. See ya. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Dot 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 dot. Okay, I'll cut it there. Now we're now we're good. I just sometimes we just start talking and
then I go try yeah. to edit, and I'm up till eleven o'clock at night trying to figure out how to make it work. Well, that's, oh, now that, we got that's some why, chat. That's why we love you. Thank, of well, course, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, da, da. Still trying to download all the knowledge. Okay, yeah, so, so so are we. So just to sum up, so I've pulled up um, Airmats, Sigmats, Convective Sigmats. So um, under this, everybody is still in the chat. Obviously, this is still uh, good for everybody to know. Um, under the Sigmats, severe icing, like I said, severe turbulence, dust storms or sandstorms, allowing visibility to less than three miles in volcanic ash. So it's oh, one. Yeah. So it's one tier above Airmats. So I try to start. You want to start there when you're when you're thinking about it because that's going to be affecting light aircraft. So then when you want to go to one tier above that to sigmets that affect all aircraft, it's not just reduced visibility for just cause it's for a specific reason. So that's why it's sandstorm, dust storms, or volcanic ash. It's not just low visibility. It's low visibility for a specific reason. So that's kind of making the tier airmet sigmet thing kind of makes sense. Um, convective sigmets. So it's a line of thunderstorms, an area of thunderstorms. So that's what I was talking about. Covering at least 40% of an area. I said two-thirds. That's pretty close. Um, covering at least 40% of an area exhibiting a very strong radar re- reflectivity or a significant satellite or lightning signature. That is a watered-down version. So maybe it's 40%, not two-thirds. That's fine. But uh, when you look at like the scale, like when they talk about reflectivity, and you see, you watch the weather channel and you see green, yellow, orange, red, and then maybe like a, it's almost blue, maybe, right? That's in decibels. And so they set a very strong rate of reflectivity. And with the actual, I'm pretty sure I'm correct, it has to be more than 50 decibels of reflectivity. Um, just some something out there, a little like I don't know, factoid. I don't know why I re- remember stupid shit like that. And then embedded thunderstorms, like I said, and then tornado, which I missed. Hail greater than three quarters of an inch in, in diameter, which I said. Wind gust greater than or equal to fifty knots, like I said. So mostly thunderstorm stuff. But I remember, is it the the sigmet? Or the airmet that's a, the abbreviation it's not doesn't matter so much anymore now that four flight and electronics know, and I'm I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah, yeah Scott, you, yeah. Scott, you hit the uh um you hit the hang up button and leave your browser open because you're only nine percent right. uploaded. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll right. cut you off from the live stream and your cat won't moon us or something weird while we all sit right. here and chat while creepishly office is still there. Later. Does that work? Yep. Right. Later. So, to, to, yeah, see you, man. Tony says, oh, now that the show is over, Lee's ready to actually educate us. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. I mean, I can't. I'll, I'm, I'll throw this in afterwards. It'll, st- it'll still make it somewhere. Okay. Well, no. Well, I mean, it's honestly, this is more for the chat. I mean, I would just be talking to you, other, you and Scott otherwise. But it's uh, just no. nice kind of tying up the knowledge elements for the next time it comes up in casual conversation, you know? Yeah. Isn't but, there WS, which was always stand stood for weird shit? That is not, not, not officially, but that's how I, I had multiple instructors while I was learning how to fly. So you always remember WS as weird shit. And that's where all like the volcanic ash and sandstorms and stuff that, are. Yeah. That's a sigment. That's the code for yeah. a sigment. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. I think I want to say it's, um, Ooh, 
yeah, you know, I'm not going to show how much I don't know right there. Um, That's not as applicable as it used to be, though, because it's all coming through on apps. Yeah. And that was back in the days when there was like little data. And like, th- that's why the METAR exists is because of they had very they limited shorthand. bandwidth. They shorthand for everything. Yeah. We gotta, that- it used to be somebody writing it out. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like you got to think the all the all, everything that we know now, all these shorthand and why does why is missed BR and not MS or something? Like why yeah. isn't it? And I know why that is, but um I just that's that's why. Cuz somebody had to write it out and they had to do it a billion times a day. So and for anybody else to in B, missed instead of BR Mist, uh, BR uh, stands for broom, B R U M E, which is French for mist, if anybody ever actually cares. Oh, is that um, why it's like that? I never knew that. Yeah. So Um, basically, we're dating ourselves. If you go into the foreflight and you turn off the auto, whatever thing that's automatically on that just translates it for you, and you go into the raw METAR, there's just these random little letters and stuff that. Anyone who's been flying for more than 10 years remembers back in the day, we all had to learn that, which is just, it's pretty much irrelevant now. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need to know the shorthand stuff. I I feel, I 100% agree with you. I mean, you may see it, but it's not out of reach at all for you to be able to find the, the, um, the, um, conventional, you know, English. Yeah. Expanded stuff. James says BR equals baby rain. I do right. remember hearing that back in the day. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. That's that's the way you remember it. But I also feel like people remember that broom when you you teach them. I don't know what it actually means. So whatever, I don't care. That's I mean that's that's a good that's a good way of uh, remembering it. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, man. Oh, I just I, want oh. To- Oh, sorry, 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 sorry to cut you off there. Um, Josh just says, "Hey Lee, you may not remember me, but I emailed you a few months back, asked for tips on the instrument check ride. While well, I passed, thought you might want to know. Thanks for your help, dude. I definitely want to know. Any like any correspondence like that's basically the funnest part about this whole thing to me is when you can kind of level with people and not like have like the the hat on. I guess I don't know." But that's awesome. I hope I offered something constructive uh, that helped you make make it maybe a little bit easier, a little less painful, or smoother for you. I hope so. But yeah, congratulations, man. That's that's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, back to the yeah, back to the br for baby rain for to remember mist. Yeah, that that's cool. There's there's a lot of those little mnemonics. But that's like irrelevant now. Do they even test on that? Who? Is anybody here, or if you're listening, and if I leave this in somewhere and you're listening to it on the replay and the podcast stream and email me, do they still test on that stuff, like the details of like METARs and stuff? Like they did. Man, you'd think they'd have to, dude, don't you think? I, I don't know. I just feel like yeah. it's so irrelevant now with modern technology to even. There's better stuff, I feel like, that you should be quizzing people on in for 2021 sure. than that stuff. For sure. But back in the day that was helpful to make sure people knew that because that was the, you had to be able to translate METARs. You don't have to be able to translate METARs anymore into plain English. The computer does it for you. The app does it for you. There's no reason for it anymore. I so, feel like they should fill those they should swap those questions out of the 
test question bank with stuff that's more relevant. But so that was going to be my next question for you. So I think you answered it. So if you were, are you're in favor of if they hadn't haven't already taken the raw like you know decipher this right? If they haven't already gotten rid of the raw aspect, what um. You, you that would be your your uh, that would be your guidance if they were asking like get that shit out of there, yeah. Like there's something more important you could be asking about than decode this metar. Yeah, I just don't think it's okay. relevant. And I'm sure there may be situations like no, Alaska. I don't know. I'm trying to. We always just throw. Who that doesn't as have extreme. a cell phone? Yeah. The, the anybody who has a cell phone doesn't need it in raw format. What I, I think would be my blanket statement. I don't mind it one bit because that's the way I learned and that's that's just that. But to if I were to have if I were an active instructor right now, I don't know this were where Ryan might be, you know, since he's an active instructor. I don't know where I'd be at when I teach my students because I'm a purist and an idealist. So I like, ah, you should know how to read this, but it's like Let's go fly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want to spend time, like, teaching them, you know, P6SM. What does that mean? Well, P stands for plus, so that means better than six miles. So, it's like, it's whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's on the test, but yeah, no, I think I'd agree with you. I think I would pretty much agree with you. Focus on the need to know things when the nine out of ten resources would have it decoded for you. Yep, that's yeah. what I would do. James says it's still on the test. Tyler's saying he still finds the raw metars quicker to read in a glance. If you know I them, agree. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, I, would, I mean, yeah. when they start asking, you know, plus TSRA and all these things, like the, when the weather is not like just a normal clear in a million day or whatever, or close, I get that. But like, re- read the read the, the wind velocity... And all that stuff, well, visibility, ceiling, those aren't that hard. It's when you start getting into hail and and stuff like that, haze, smoke. Like, hey, I can't, like, smoke, I think, is like FU or something. Like, what the hell? Fumes? Like, I know that's like fumer or something like that. That's a fumer German. Too. That's cigarettes kill. Or smoking kills is fumer, too. I don't know what that means. Well, boss, she had a... Uh... She'd smoke Davidoff's, these French cigarettes. She'd somehow get imported here that she wasn't supposed okay. to get. Okay. And then it, on the all over the package, it just says fumer too. So whenever we're at the bar, I'd always just yell that across the bar at her, which is French for smoking kills. Okay. Well, yeah. So like, yeah, I know. I I, I would have thought it would have been German, but um, whatever. Yeah. So that's another French uh, or something back from the Ikeo days, you know, when, when all these joint countries were trying to create a safe cohesive flying environment for all these different you know uh languages and whatever so they all left these little pieces in i guess but yeah so tony said we're all learning french what an awesome show so i wanted to get that extra little french lesson in for him about the humor too that's great yeah Yeah. here we go here we go i i couldn't tell if that was sarcasm though i don't know i don't know tony so i don't know (laughs) i don't know if he's being sarcastic or if he's like you guys are full of shit he's watching it on the big screen so we probably look weird on like 80 inches right now how do you remember that he said earlier in the chat oh i didn't see it yeah i'm missing a lot of the chat i'm missing a lot of the chat okay 
Um, all right, so I still find it quicker to read. Yeah, reading through privates, though, feels like Scott is trying to do an outro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Touche. Touche. Is that another French word? Is touche French? Probably. Did we just... Man. Wow. <laughs> just gonna... I feel terrible about myself. We've talked way too much about French shit right yeah. now. Um, it feels like Scott trying to do the outro. Yeah, no, it's very disjoint. Yeah, the pyrups can be disjointed. You know, you, I almost feel like you need to be looking for an icing report or turbulence. And that's what I'm doing. Like a lot of times, like when like I'll have on customer notes, like, oh, the passengers are afraid to fly, you know, whatever. So like you're looking at like, I'm looking specifically for turbulence reports. All I need to say kind of near the end is TB negative. And that's all I need to know. I don't need to know they're from here to here. I look where they are on the map. I hover my mouse over it or, you know, press it with my finger on the fourth flight or whatever. And I can see turbulence negative, but yeah, I can't hardly make out any of the stuff they're saying type airplane where they are. Who the hell knows? Just eyeballing it. It's within 500 miles of my route of flight. So I'm going to say it's going to be smooth or something, but yeah. Yeah. Is that it? I, Wrapping it up? That's all I got. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. What's the, I agree what's with that. The, oh, the ASMR. <laughs> I was what's ASMR? Yeah, seriously, Scott, question mark, the ASMR. I don't know what that means. I don't know what he's talking about either. ASMR is like, uh, it's like, uh, they use, it's like, a, it's like the way somebody sounds or talks that like makes you, I don't really know exactly what it is, but like they use it in advertising because it's like a sound or, or like a. I assume he was talking about the beer can opening, you know, it's like. So okay. is he saying the beer can is ASMR to him or you're that's disrupting? A, I think that I think that's what he's saying. Yes. Okay. ASMR. Like, like, a, like it, they use it. in. I, I, they, I, all I know is they use it in advertising like. It helps like it releases endorphins and shit like that. It's called autonomous right. sensory meridian response. Yes. Is what that stands okay. for. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We just got deep into some stuff. Did I you didn't know, know that about. off your head or you just looked it up? Yeah. No. You you looked it up. No, I didn't. I swear to God I didn't. Well, how come you didn't know what it went a minute ago and now you I never said oh, that I didn't. Up. You guys are too busy oh. talking. I know all about it. Oh. I watch these videos like every night to oh, help me wow. sleep. Wow. Why <laughs> am I why am I the one doing the marketing of the show if right. you guys know all this shit about a whatever smr no, no that wouldn't I, I never even heard of this oh come on yeah they're trying to push it right now for like i don't know i think it was like a coke ad or a sprite ad yeah, or something yeah, a few months like, ago some, yeah yeah like bob ross like the joy of painting that's like asmr type stuff like yeah, just the sound of the brush stro- you know what i'm talking about the you know okay. paint paint a nice happy tree give him a friend all that stuff yeah, that's it's just relaxing and it helps like you it right. gives you like I don't know so tingles they my, say tingles. My beer can opening was ASMR. All right. That's a that's a brand, it's a foreign podcast brand. We copyrighted that beer cracking noise on the microphone. All right. Rock and roll. Any questions from the uh, the chat before we start? We're doing a AC ninety one dash ninety two. So it's advisory circular. Advisory circular. I'm going to put that in the title real quick. Or the description. In case people are wondering when we're going through it. Yeah, so if you want some real entertaining reading, it's just an advisory circular that came out in March. 
Um, I the subject is pilot's guide to pre-flight briefing. I know I read it all for the show. Pre made sure went through it today. How about you, Lee? Did you go through it? I read the whole thing. See, you probably actually did. Wow. I did. I absolutely did. I've got like rotting brie in my fridge. I haven't been in this place for <laughs> weeks. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you enjoy the can opening. Be right. He thanked me for opening the can. That Show was a very good one you did. That was yeah. a very good one. I try to get the right, sound feel, just right every time. That was perfect. It was perfect. I feel bad because my email provider only sent the initial announcement to 30% of the list. And then, so they oh, didn't yeah, even eight. get the notification. Yeah. Now, well, I sent the one just now with the link and it sent it to everybody. So it's like, yeah. Apologies if you, this is the first time you just got the email and had no idea we were going to even do this. <laughs> 